Welcome to the State of Fem Art Podcast, a space where we drive conversations around what it means to be woman creatively and artistically in today's industry. A place where women from various walks of life share their experiences, triumphs, and obstacles as they navigate the state of the world and their creativity. This is a safe space. One where women are celebrated for being fearlessly and unapologetically them. It is a space of belonging for those who feel their artistic and creative endeavors have gone unseen, unheard, or unsupported. But here you will also get resources and tools to help you reach your next level. We'll laugh together, cry together, but more importantly, we'll grow together. I am Tamia Faulkner, and this is The State of Fem Art. Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of The State of Fem Art podcast. OMG, I can't believe it. I feel like this is my mama, I made it moment. For the past nine years, I've been doing an event which started in my hometown, Maryland, called She Rocks Event. This is going to be important, so I'm going to give you some background story because it ties into what we do with the state of film art and as well as the podcast. So I was talking to a production assistant on a business trip in Nashville, Tennessee, just trying to brainstorm ideas for Women's History Month content. And we landed on doing a documentary style feature of women in visual and performing arts. So naturally, I started to research and You guys, I got angrier by the second. I was reading an article at that time that less than 15% of women in visual arts were being showcased in Smithsonian's and museums across the world. Not in a state, not in the United States of America, across the world, less than 15% at that time, uh, which was ridiculous. But then I also realized there was a lack of representation in the music and film industry at that time, a lack of women who were music producers, musicians, audio engineers, directors. I mean, the list went on. But I got so upset that I decided to actually do something about it. Fast forward, what was supposed to be a documentary literally became a sold-out event in the basement of my parents' church celebrating women in visual and performing arts and also women in male-dominated industries. Year by year, the event grows. It's consecutively sold out. But I saw a need for resources, spaces, support, and conversations to continue after the event. It's great that we got together and did this event and gave women a platform to showcase their creativity, but there was more that needed to be done. So last year during Women's History Month, I launched the platform, The State of Film Art, during the last She Rocks event, and not the last like ever, but <laughs> last year. And uh, we were able to give away our first grant to a woman artist, which I'm excited about. I tell this story today because it's going to be significant to this podcast and the stories you hear from amazing artists like the one I'll talk to today, Miss Addie Rar. I can't wait uh, for that conversation. It's going to be great. But Before we jump into my interview with Addie, if you're listening to the podcast, that means you've probably seen the cover art. I commissioned um, an illustrator by the name of Capricia Ambers out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, who created the characters, which 
I meticulously, and when I say meticulously, I mean meticulously selected each of these artists that you'll see on the podcast cover for very distinct reasons. So on the cover, you'll see Frida Kahlo. She started painting self-portraits while being in a body cast from an accident she almost nearly died from. Her most popular works, if you've seen them, are her self-portraits, but the pieces were oftentimes created from a vulnerable and painful place. Every time that I see her work, it really is a reminder that our vulnerabilities and pain produce the most beautiful work of art. What we create can be healing for others. And I feel a lot of artists, a lot of women creatives can really relate to that. She once stated, I paint self-portraits because I am so often alone because I am the person I know best. And I feel many women, many creatives, many people who are artistic can relate to that. You'll also see Yayoi Kusama, who was selected because she made people see her and her art in ways that may have seemed outlandish to others, especially New York circa 1960s. Despite being slighted by many male artists who were at the time getting the recognition she deserved, she said, no, I'm going to do something about it. You are going to see me and you're going to see my art in Central Park or wherever I decide to post up (laughs) to see that my art matters, what I have to say matters, the things that I find important, they matter. So if you have not seen her documentary, Kusama Infinity, I highly recommend it recommended not to mention one of she's one of the top living woman artists when it comes to the auction house and she was she was inspired by who many call the mother of modern art Georgia O'Keeffe that's a part of the reason why she came to the USA to pursue her career in arts next you'll see Faith Ringel who I chose her because when she saw the exclusion of Black and women artists from exhibitions and shows like places like the Whitney Museum, she took advocacy into her own hands and joined forces with two partners, Kay Brown and um, Dingia, sorry if I butchered that name, McCannon, uh, to create Where We At Black Women Artists, a New York based women's art collective. And so because she saw the lack of support for Black women artists at that time, she said, okay, we're going to get together and we're going to do something about it. We're going to create our own space to really showcase our art and put it out there, which of course I respect. Aretha Franklin. Let's get into her. I mean, not only is she like one of the greatest of all time, like, have you heard her sing? Like, have you listen to what comes out of her vocal box. It is amazing. Not only that, she was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not the first Black woman, the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like like she said, put some respect on her name, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I'm just saying. Audrey Hepburn, Hepburn of course, because as a classic Um, actress. Many of us know her from her iconic role in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Norma Merrick Scaleric, she is amazing. Uh, She was one of the first Black women to graduate from Columbia University School of Architecture. She became the first 
um, black woman licensed architect in the state of New York as well as California and the first black woman member of the American Institute of Architects, AIA, which has a special tie actually to She Rocks event because when after that 2013 launch, we moved to our dream venue in 2014 and we continued to partner with um, the District Architecture Center, um, AIA, uh, who really hosted our event for a couple of years and we still have a very great relationship with them. So that's, you know, the little tie there. And also, if you've go- ever gone through LAX Terminal 1, you've seen her work. If you've been to the U.S. Embassy in Tokyo, you've also seen her work. Saha Hadid, let's get into her. Hadid was the first woman to receive the Pritzker Architecture Prize in 2004. She's a disruptor in architecture, but I like her because her approach to art architecture wasn't the same. She's really known for curvature when it comes to architecture work. Her work is stunning. So if you haven't heard of her, make sure that you look her up. Ray Kawakubo. All right. If you've been to LA, London, different places, you've probably heard of the fashion staple market, Dover Street Market. Well, her and her husband are the founder of that market, but also she's a fashion designer. And the reason that I like her is because when you talk about androgyny and blurring gender lines when it comes to non-conforming fashion. In other words, I can wear what I want to wear. You know, there was a lot of talk about what women should wear and what a woman's style should be like. And she said, no, I'm going to create something that's anti that. So she is the creator of Comme des Garçons, which is, of of course, a French term. And the brand means like boys. And the name was actually inspired by Francois Hardy's 1962 track, Tous les garçons et les filles, which means all the boys and the girls. Don't judge me if my French is is a little off, but I think it's dope that she took this concept into her own hands and created a brand that's really dope, really fresh, but also says, you're not going to put me in a box. Of course, we had to put Madeline Anderson on the uh, cover art for the podcast as well. She's the first Black woman to produce and direct a televised documentary film, the first Black woman to produce and direct a syndicated TV series, and the first Black woman employee at New York Public based on television WNET. But she also was one of the first Black women to join the Film Editors Union. Last but not least, Miss Debbie Allen. I love her because... Of her story, she was rejected from dance school when auditioning a lot of the times because of her body type, because she wasn't necessarily the ballet or the dancer archetype, and in some cases because of race, but she didn't let that stop her from pursuing her dreams. We know her as a choreographer, choreographer, actress, director, dancer, business owner. She has so many titles. She started, of course, the Debbie Allen School of Dance. We know her for her instrumental role in fame. I mean, she's amazing. But to wrap this all up before getting into my interview with Addie, all of these women were selected for this cover, not only because they were trailblazers, but because they went against the grain. They said, you're going to see 
my art. You're going to see my creativity. And if you won't provide the space for me to be great, I am going to create the space for myself. But also I'm going to advocate so that others have the space to flourish. And if you don't know too much about each of these women, I definitely encourage you to take a look into their their stories, into their history, and just how groundbreaking all of these artists have been. On today's podcast, I'm so excited to have someone that I've known for quite some time now. We have uh, not been able to cross paths since the pandemic, but I am grateful that I get to chat with her today. I think the last time that I saw her was doing during my She Rocks event, and I am just thrilled to have her on the show as one of my first ever podcast guests on the State of Film Art. Addie, how are you? I am doing well, and I'm so excited. This is actually my first podcast interview like since the pandemic, too. Like I have just been in a little cubby hole, so I'm excited. Yay. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, my artist name is Addie Rar. That is the name I go by, Addie Rar. Um, a lot of people ask me what Rar means. It's just, it's the I love you and dinosaur talk. So Addie Rar. Um, I am a full-time creative. I don't really put a title on it because I do so much. I am a painter, an illustrator. I design. I do product development. I also coach and I mentor. So I do so much that it's hard to put one title on what I do, but I am all things creative. It's so funny how you said Rar is I love you in dinosaur in dinosaur talk. And I think it's amazing just to take on the name. So I want to ask you a little bit about that. How, what was the process of coming up with your name as a creative? Um, I actually just kind of like fell into it. Um, and I always explain this to people when they ask. Addie is actually not my nickname. It is not like a uh, my my name is Adrian, but Addie is actually not like a nickname or a short name for it. None of my families or even friends call me Addie. Um, it is literally just like my artist and creative name. Um, a friend gave it to me back in the end of like high school, and she just kind of started calling me that as like an artist. Like Addie the artist was kind of a thing. Addie the artist, and I added the raw to it <laughs> because I always like that's just something I always said was raw, and I wanted my artist name to have the same initials as my actual name. So my artist initials are AR, which is my actual initials AR, which just business wise it just made it easier for me to sign off and initial stuff. I didn't have to like think too hard on it. I'm like I'm just signing my real name anyway. So that's how I kind of came up with the name yeah no that makes that makes total sense so what does it mean for you being a woman in the art world I know um there are so many I feel loopholes that just women artists have to jump through and and so many things that we navigate so what does it mean to you to be a woman in the art world today it means a lot to me. It means so much to me to be able to continue to grow um, what I do for a living and my passion and be a professional um, artist in the art world. Because as much as we as 
black, especially black women, influence so many things. And we've influenced so many things in the art world, creative world, fashion and everything. It's still extremely hard for us to break into it. It's still hard for us to actually be in the forefront of it. So for me to be able to do what I do every single day for a living and work with different companies and brands, um, I love it so much. And I never take any moment of it for granted. So with that being said, I heard you mention just being a professional in the art world. And there are so many women artists who aren't there yet, who haven't gotten the opportunities to do brand collaborations or to sort of take ownership of what it is and all that they desire to be as a creative. I feel the term artist, it really is all encompassing. You know, when you think of a woman artist, it's not just visual arts, you know, but there are so many dimensions, I would say, to women artists. So how would you describe the current climate for women who are looking to break into the art world? Because I'm sure you've had your own journey, your own experiences with that. So what do you feel the current climate is right now? Um, actually, right now is probably the best time to break into it um, because the world as a whole, um, the whole world, United States and everything, everyone has been trying their hardest to uplift um, Black creatives as a whole. Um, I think people are now seeing and noticing that we're good. Like, you know, we're good at what we do. We're excellent. We have a lot of passion and hard work behind um, every single thing that we do and every project that we we put our um, mind to. So I think now more than ever, if it's something that um, a Black woman wants to pursue, this is the time to kind of just get out there, put yourself out there, be consistent, um, allow yourself to be free with your, your passion and your work, and don't be afraid to just tell the world what you do. Uh, we've seen a lot of things like Issa Rae. You know, we've seen all these powerful Black women right now more than ever just striving and I'm happy that I have been in this industry for a while, but I can even see for myself in my own journey now more than ever, I've been striving so much more because there's so many more opportunities for us now. There's people who actually want to listen to us and talk to us and collaborate with us. And I say, take advantage of it. Um, take advantage of it and don't think twice about it or feel like, oh, it's out of pity. Um, they're just doing it because it's popping right now. Take advantage of it and run with it and run with it on your own. Um, don't stay stagnant with just trying to um, be that status quo for them, uh, hit their numbers, like take that, what they give you and run with it on your own. So with that being said, running with it on your own, how can someone who is looking to break into the art world start to run with their ideas and implement it? When you think of just your own evolution as an artist, what tips would you give to those who are looking to break into that world? The biggest tip I will say is community, um, community and a team and having like your squad, your tribe and everything. That's one thing I am extremely big on. And even from the start, I have been big on when I meet someone in this industry, even how we met, like, I want to stay in contact with you. Please use me. You know, I'm going to let you know what I'm capable of doing so that you can use me and vice versa. I can use you. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we have to do everything on our own. Um, but having a, a squad and a tribe behind you, 
um, is going to make a world of a difference. That means just if you have a photographer friend, that let that be your photographer that helps you out with any projects that you have. If you have a friend who likes music, she's good at playlists, let her be your friend that's helping you out with making the music for your TikToks and your reels and everything. Just use your whole community. Um, and it starts with, as much as we're surprised, it starts with at home. It starts with just your friends or family or people you're just in contact with or you just may have met at like an event or anything. It starts there. I'm so happy you mentioned that because I heard a conversation with Issa when she was talking about networking across, how she does that a lot and she's done that on her come up. And, you know, I know a lot of times when people see artists and creatives do so many different things. Of course, sometimes they're seeing the overnight success, right? So they're looking at, well, it just, it seems like you took off so fast and things started to happen and people are recognizing your brands and you have all these tons of thousands of followers. But of course, you and I know that didn't happen overnight. And so I think it's so important to continue to stress that it really is about networking across because there are so many things that you really need, so many skill sets that you really need to pull off creative projects. Right. <laughs> so you you can't do, and I don't recommend doing everything by yourself, right? I think we have our things that we're really great at and it's okay to tap into other people, our network, um, of people who have other skill sets that we can leverage and support and really buy into to continue to make sure that just arts culture as a whole is um, something that is a community effort and that we all build progressively together. So I think that's such great advice. So with being a woman in the arts industry, I know there have been, of course, rewards, setbacks, milestones within your career. And so what has that journey been like for you? Because I think a lot of the times it's so easy for us to see the success and celebrate the success. But I I know, especially just being uh, being someone who has experienced what it's like working with like corporate brand partners and different things and also recently seeing so many um, criticisms of just black artists especially black women artists and I feel it's one thing to be a woman in art altogether it's another thing to be a BIPOC person in art and entirely you know another journey to be a black woman in the art world so what have been some of those like rewards, aha moments, um, lessons that you learned, but also some of those moments that you had to sort of take with a grain of salt and just keep trucking ahead as far as you as an artist is concerned? Um, there's one moment that stands out a lot. And I, I haven't really talked about it publicly because I was under an NDA. I'm not under an NDA anymore. But um, I actually got a project deal with Tampax, the um, feminine hygiene company, Tampax. They reached out to me a couple years ago about doing a project for them, which would have consisted of me creating some original artwork for them that they were going to utilize. Amazing. Something like that is like, oh my goodness, I like this is a huge brand. I'm on it. I'm done. We're talking about the paperwork was signed. Everything was just ready to go. And they end up not liking the artwork that I produce. 
Um, it was not the artwork that they envisioned and how they saw it coming to be. And I can say at the moment I was crushed by it. I kind of felt defeated. I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like I created artwork just like my normal style. Like this is the style that everyone else loves. This is what everyone admires about me. This is my standout signature style. And they did not like it at all. They didn't like it. Um, they kind of picked it apart. They told me they wanted it to be um, simplified, which is already like, okay, like they wanted to, they wanted to just change up my whole entire style. And in that moment, I just felt defeated. I felt defeated. I felt like this was one, I'm losing a lot of money because this is a big payout project. So it's like, they're not going to use my work. So now I'm not going to get this big payout, which was at the time, one of my biggest contracts. Um, they're not going to use it. I'm not going to get any type of exposure for them or anything. So I doubt, I doubted myself a lot. Um, However, I had to sit down for a moment and realize that just like anything else in the world, like my work is not going to be for everybody. My work is not going to be loved or liked by everybody or every company. And the biggest thing I took away from that is staying true to myself. I didn't allow such a big contract with such a big company to make me change my style, make me change who I was as an artist, make me change my look or anything. Um, I took the loss, um, but I didn't stop. I didn't stop working. I didn't stop working and I didn't, thankfully it all was in private. So I didn't have to explain anything to anyone or have to explain why I wasn't going to do the project anymore. I was able to kind of deal with that behind the scenes on my own, but that is something that I know for sure. I have talked to other artists before and they've had those same experiences where these companies will try to crush you. These companies will try to belittle you. And I will say that it is because I am a black woman artist. Um, because they will take another artist who's a male white artist and hype him up, you know, hype him up and they'll do a big, large payout. And they will never ask them to change their style. But um, as a black woman, they want us to compromise. They want us to bend. And I just feel like I'm glad I didn't do that. And I'm also happy that I didn't let that completely shut me down and break me and stop doing what I love. Addie, that is, that is so major for so many different reasons. And I feel that on so many different levels, because I feel we live in a culture that is constantly causing us to self-edit, right? To edit who we are at our core, to edit our work, to edit how we feel about certain things. There's this level of censorship right? Even with even within the arts world and even as a creative. And kudos to you for really deciding, because it, it all comes down to a decision, deciding that you were not going to allow the corporate engine to change your art at its core. And I think that speaks to an entirely different thing, too, is just being confident in who you are and the decisions that you decide to make as a creative, right? You know your brand, you know your style, your aesthetic better than anyone else. And I think um, sometimes, especially if we internalize things, right? Because for me, I know sometimes I can inter internalize criticism to feel as if, oh, that means I am horrible or whatever I bring to the table is not good enough. And sometimes it's just not the right fit and that's okay. Um, I think it really is about finding those opportunities that are a perfect fit for who you are. And just, I all often say not 
so much chasing like culture or what everybody else is doing or what everybody else feels is good, right? Because that's far from the basis of what art is. Like it really is about um, establishing your individuality, your unique voice, your unique um, set of eyes and the way that you create in order to bring that to the world and have people be like, oh my gosh, that's dope. Like, that is yeah. amazing. I mess with that. And so to, you know, have a brand not champion you is one thing, but to continue to champion yourself by saying, no, I'm not going to edit the way that I create in order to satisfy um, this corporate engine, I think is amazing. So kudos to you for that. I think that's, that's so dope. And I know it's definitely going to inspire someone. So, so let's talk about building bridges for other artists and creatives, because of course there is this common notion out there a lot of the time. And a lot of times the narrative is being driven that women cannot support one another. Women don't (laughs) look out for each other. They can't work together. It just doesn't work out. So we're shutting that down through this platform, through the podcast, through everything that we're going to do through the state of femme art, because you knowing me, that's something that I'm big on. I just feel, you know, many micro artists and creatives can become uh, many macro big creatives and artists who are well-known and um, well-patronized if we all just work together and support each other. And so when it comes to building bridges, who has helped you to get where you are now? And how are you using that same power, knowledge and experience to help others? Um, So I'll start by saying every opportunity I have had came from a Black woman. Every opportunity, whether (laughs) whether it's like a magazine, a blog, a podcast, um, needing me to do an event for them or with them or anything. I Every single opportunity I have had, thank you, God, has been with and from a Black woman. That has been the wow. fourth person who has reached out to me. And I am I am so, I take so much pride in that. And I always try to make sure I speak on that because people, like you said, think that Black women are not helping each other, lifting each other up. And I'm like, oh no, I can sit here and say in 10 years of me doing what I do with my business, every single opportunity has been presented to me from a black woman. Um, And that's even from on like corporate levels Um, It's the black woman who reaches out to me, who finds me, who puts my name on the table. So I'll start by saying that I know for sure is a true thing that happens in reality. Um, And I can't, I'm trying trying to think of some off the top of my head, but I've worked with so many women who just, lift me up and has helped me build my career. Um, One person I will always think is um, Sasha. Sasha is the creator of Black Girls Who Paint. Um, Black Girls Who Paint is a huge platform on social media. Um, They have scholarships and rewards for Black women artists who are in like college and high school and everything like that. I like their sweatshirt. Um, Hey. That's uh, I would I call Black Girls Who Paint my second family. Sasha's actually a friend of mine. Um, she's a friend of mine, but um, we lift each other up, and a lot of people are surprised that we are extremely close friends because she created and runs Black Girls Who Paint, which is an organization to lift up um, and recognize Black 
women and girl artists around the world. Um, and then I have my own community called Art and Ambition. Art and Ambition is my community I created um, back in 2012, but I refined it in 2018. And Art and Ambition is a community for Black artists and designers, um, not just Black girls, but Black artists and designers, male or female. And people are always surprised, like, but you guys are friends. You both have a community that are very similar. And I'm like, just because we have this basically the same type of community, both for Black creators, Black artists, we're still extremely good friends. We still share resources with each other. We still send each other grants and send each other events. And we're both supportive of each other. I am a member of her community, a paid member of her community. She's a paid member of my community. Um, Come on. And it's, it's not hard to do. It's, it's really not hard to do That's because hard. even the parts that my community lacks, she picks up. The things that her community lacks, she picks up. We've done collaboration projects before and giveaway projects before. And I've sent some of my members her way. She sent some of her members my way. So it's not a case of just because someone may be doing the same thing or similar um, thing as you or have a similar brain as you that you still can't collaborate, work together, network and be there to support each other. It's it's amazing that you say that. And I know that you actually walk the talk because I remember us having a conversation and I was in need of an illustrator and you sent some recommendations my way and we ended up working with Capricia yeah. and it and hired her to do a project. And so I think that just speaks to the power of really, you know, the support system can be strong amongst women and we are able to support one another. We are able to network across. It's not impossible. And in fact, it's very much needed because I don't want to be exhausted in my business trying to do everything or research everything when I could just hit up Addie and say, hey, Addie, I'm looking for this type of artist, for a particular project, you know, who do you have? And so I think that's amazing and that you spoke to that because I feel some people can be intimidated by that process. Like, oh, well, we're in similar industries or we do very similar things. So how can we? And I have always been a proponent of, well, when you blow up, Who's gonna who's gonna take the overflow? You know what I mean? Who are you gonna have to pass the baton to when things are going amazing? You know, things are popping for you and you can't take all of the clients who are coming your way, or you aren't able to uh fulfill certain projects, then you have a group of people around you who are able to step in and say, Hey, I can lift this load, or hey, I'm more than happy to take this on. And if you don't operate in a way where you understand that community is important and being able to work with others is important and, and vital, you know, you won't get far. You and that's, get far. that's the reason why I refined Art and Ambition Studios um, to become a community for Black artists and designers. Because once my schedule started getting extremely busy, like I started picking up different projects with different, you know, companies and brands. And then my own brand itself was growing. Um, at one point in time, I would just like tweet or post like, hey, um, does anyone know this? An illustrator that can do this because someone reached out to me looking for like, a children's book illustration and I don't do children's illustrations. So I would usually like post about it and ask social media, hey, can you find someone? So instead of me doing that, I said, well, how about I create a community? How about I actually 
go out and create a community of artists and designers that I have on call so that if a project does come my way that I can't do, I go to my community. Hey, you guys, I have this project. Anyone want to pick this project up? Um, and now it's to the point where, like you said, people will reach out to me and say, hey, Addie, like, I need a graphic designer. You know of anybody? I'm like, give me two seconds. I bet you I can find you one because I have a whole network of people that I know that I keep their contact. I keep their email address and their phone number and their, you know, their social media on hand. And I have it like all court, like categorized. I'm like, let me go check my graphic design list and see who I have. And I'll send you some people. And yeah. it doesn't take the light away from me. It doesn't take away from from anything that I do at all. Actually, I'm trying to help this person and, you know, give them a paid project or anything. So. No, that's so dope. So let's talk about your project. What do you have going on? I'm always seeing you jump on Instagram live, sharing different tips with other artists. And so what, what is it that you have um, in the market currently? And what are you most excited about? Um, so I'm most excited about my rebrand. Adiwar is currently right now in this moment closed because I am rebranding um, Adiwar to be more of a gift shop. I am an artist and I will always be an artist, but I have decided that I am very passionate about product creation. So I do want to move fully into that space. So I'm not actually doing any custom work anymore or custom artwork anymore. I am expanding my product line. So I am refining that and going to relaunch to that. I also have really big news to share. I can't wait. To I have big news. Big changes are coming. Um, so that's what that's what I'm working on. And that announcement I can't speak on, but I am working on it every single day. Um, and when I announce it, I think people are going to be like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. So I'm just so happy about that. Um, but yeah, I'm mostly working on my product line, expanding my products to be more gift items. I'm working on some gift boxes items. Um, I actually, in 2021, I worked with a lot of different corporations. Um, when it comes to gifting items, they were looking for gift items for their employees. So I've been working in that space a lot with creating products for corporations for gift items. Um, and then I, I'm like, as you mentioned, I am a person who share resources. I share tips. I am not afraid to share some information with other people. So I do one-on-one -on -one private sessions with other small business owners and artists and designers as well. If they need that one-on-one -on -one time with me, um, normally it is five to six sessions. So it's not just like a one-time call. It's like a three, four, five-month time that I'm working with them directly with building up their business and such. That is amazing. That's incredible. And I'm sure we will definitely be connecting for sure. So can you tell people where they can get in touch with you and how they can support you? Yes. So you can support me. Um, you can find me everywhere at Addie Rar. So that's A-D-D-I-E-R-A-W-R. -E that is my Instagram. That is my website. That is me on LinkedIn. That is me on Facebook. Um, that is everywhere. If you are a artist or designer um, and looking to be part of my community, to work with me and work with my community and be part of my network of people that I like refer um, out to other people, that is art. In Ambition Studios, um, same thing. You can find that on Instagram, Twitter, and that is the actual website itself too. Thank you so much for coming and sharing with me today, Addie. I really appreciate it. I'm sure many of our listeners were inspired um, by your journey. I continue to be inspired by your journey, and I know that we will be seeing 
a lot coming, especially in February. We can't wait for that announcement. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you and the podcast. Um, if there's anything I can do, of course, to help out, always let me know. I am always just like one, one call, email, text away. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the State of Film Art Podcast. You can catch new episodes bi-weekly on Thursdays. And make sure that you connect with us by following us on Instagram at SoFilmArt. And you can also visit our website and listen to past episodes at SoFilmArt.com.